of Yahweh. Again, the opportunity to be a conduit from you to anyone that wants to hear your truth, knowledge, and wisdom and listen to the message that is given, Father, that they would go to your word, seek the truth, seek your face, try my spirit, and know that I speak truth. Abba Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Parakritos Aman. So um, I'm going to share this with you because this morning, it was a pretty, um, a very short while ago, or, well, actually I've been writing and taking notes for a while. Um, the Holy Spirit came and roused me with a pretty powerful vision. And it was something that had actually, I'd been thinking about. It was something else um, as I went to bed. But then early hours this morning, the Holy Spirit roused me with this vision. And then I am believing to add emphasis, it continued. It went out at a, and honestly, I don't know how long because the best I could tell, I was sleeping. Um, but I was shown this very powerful vision and it's something that I've shared in part with you all before. But for reasons known to God and the Holy Spirit bringing this to me and I have an inkling, but I'm not going to presume to speak without authority from God saying, yes, you go ahead and do this. You share this this way, but I, I, I can't, well, I've just been given correction. <laughs> um, no, I am to share this and, and speak it because it is Rema. This comes straight from God through the Holy Spirit and is telling me that this must be done this way and that it's being shared this way because it's important. And as I've shared with you before that I will sometimes repeat things or it sounds repetitive and some may even say redundant. But as I shared with you in that, it's important so it bears to be repeated. And as my teachers, while I was still in school, used to tell us, if you hear me say it more than once, you might want to write this down because you're going to probably find it on a test. Well, that was a little bit of double speak right there too, but telling you, oh, better write that down. And sure enough, it would be found on a test. And if you didn't write it down, then you'd be questioning or you'd get an answer missed. But anyway. I'm going to share this with you because it's real and it does exist very much so within the church today as it was when Christ taught us and told us about it before. And this being roused by the Holy Spirit and he showed me these things. But I must obey. And don't forget, just remember that import bears repeating. 
So what I'm talking about is the deception and infiltration is truth and real and the spiritual warfare that exists for our very souls, which we have been warned about in many places through God's words by Christ Jesus and the disciples and prophets have talked about it. Ezekiel spoke of this thing back in the days when he was prophesying to the nations. But it's something that, you know, with these perverts that want to talk about rewriting the Bible so it's relevant today. Brothers and sisters, it's as relevant today as it was when the, when the books were being penned. It's as relevant today as it was then. Why, if it's not so relevant to our day and time today, why is it the number one selling most read book in the entire world and it has been so since it was written? God wrote this book over 2,000 years ago. before Christ came and was crucified. Those said he chose to pen these books and put it together for him because he is the author and the finisher. They penned it, but he authored it. Explain to me why, if it's not so relevant, why is it the most popular, most purchased, and most sought after book on the planet. And it has been so. I so I don't know. I guess I get a little rattled about that. I'm just I'm just too much of an old guy, I guess. It makes no sense to me why you want to rewrite truth. It makes no sense. But deception and infiltration is real. Into, in the church body today and is as real as it was when it was happening back then. And Christ warned us about it. Paul warned us about it. Ezekiel spoke about it. And we have many, many attacks by Satan in his subtleties and sometimes in his very overt attacks, which both practices can be seen. Mostly what is being, I think, seen today are the more subtle, sometimes. But if you remember that in John 8, Christ is speaking before the members of the Sanhedrin. And the authority that he spoke to them, without being overtly confrontational, I mean, he never put his hand on anybody. He just looked them right straight in the eye, wouldn't look away. He didn't back down, and he just spoke truth. In... The book of John, 
we can find example of this. And actually, I'm going to read a good portion. I, it, it would be definitely worth you to read the entire chapter, but I'm just going to read an uh, excerpt. And I'm going to share with you um, I'm going to start in John 8.31 because there are there are those that um, were following Christ and, and they were Jews, they believed and, and there were also some that were within the religious body of the elders that they, they believed because he spoke with authority and they understood that authority. Verse 31, then Jesus said Jesus unto those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And then they answered him, we have Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou ye shall be made free? Now see here, <clears throat> I'm gonna jump in here. They don't really remember very well and it shows that they're not reading Torah and they're not reading the scroll and they don't see the Pharisees. They wouldn't, many claim to have read all the scrolls, including the five that Moses gave and, and was penned by him and repenned and repenned and handed down. And what they decide, the Sadducees decide is a law of Moses and this is what Christ was violating all the time. But this just goes to show that they really didn't pay attention to what was written and they also didn't pay attention to the prophets because the prophets, which the Pharisees were reading the books of the prophets and they claimed to have read the other five scrolls, but that's not been validated. Now the Sadducees, on the other hand, they wouldn't even read the books of the prophets because they said that the, why read those when the first five scrolls are the most important? the laws of Moses, and that's all that matters is that everything must be according to the law, period. So they wouldn't even read the other books. Now, I share this with you in point because there are those individuals within the body of the church today that will not read other books of the Bible. They don't want to read the book of Revelation because it's too much doom and gloom. Well, the problem that I have with that is the book of Revelation is called, as I've shared with you before, the revelation of Christ Jesus and his second advent, which is his second coming. And it talks about Christ, and he's talking to John on the island of Patmos because he went visited. And he told John to write the letters to the churches and give them a warning that they need to repent and straighten up or there will be problems. And then if you read further in the book of Revelation, there is more revealing of Christ and then when the trumpets are all sounded, the seals are all broken, the revelation of Christ Jesus when he comes back as the lion of the tribe of Judah and not as the sacrificial lamb. So why wouldn't you want to read the book of Revelation and know about the fact that Christ Jesus is fulfilling the promise that was given that he is coming back? And I believe he is because he said so. And the empirical evidence, it shows me that the Bible is all truth. 
is too profound. I can't, there's nothing I can say that can port against that. So why would that be doom and gloom? When you're talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Christ Jesus, who came and died on the cross, buried in a tomb, rose and is in heaven, preparing a place for us. Why would that be doom and gloom? <clears throat> However, this is, has to do with the subtleties that Satan will bring into the body of church. And I've also told you about this and warned you against this as well. That the church is not like in the old vampire movies from Hippocrywood. The demons will cross the threshold of a church. They won't melt and they won't break down and they won't be all burned, but they will cross and come into a church. And their greatest playground oft times is within the church. They want to cause distraction. They want to cause issues. They want to have going back and forth and they want to cause dissension. Remember that as Paul wrote in his letters to the Corinthians and to uh, Ephesus, he warned against the derisiveness and the separation and the splitting. And what was that from? The wagging of tongues, the rumors, the gossip and the gossip mongering, those going back and forth and things that were being said that weren't even true. Where does that come from? Where do you suppose that that comes from? That comes from the enemy and it comes from his demons coming into play. Okay, John 8, further reading of verse 34. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I sent you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. Hear what I tell you. They're telling you that, well, I'll get to that later. Continue, verse 36. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto them, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that had told you the truth which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, we be not born of fornication, we have one father, even God. And Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, ye would have loved me. For I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you convicteth me of sin. And if say the truth, why do ye not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not because ye are not of God. That's pretty powerful right there. 
but it's also the authority of truth. And just like I've shared with you, there are individuals that are within the body of the church today that don't want to hear about anything talked about the devil. And this is one of the subtleties that will be used by the devil within the church body, convincing them that they shouldn't listen to what's being said or shared about him because, well, that's that's just glorifying the devil if you if you focus on that or you share about that, you're just glorifying the devil. Well, here, let me share this with you about that. That is a subtle lie of the devil and that he wants them to speak outwardly because he will have them convince others not to listen to what's being said and not to listen to the warnings. I've shared a word with you before that comes from the military. It's called psyops. And the military used to be really big on that. It started way, way, way back a long time ago. But it's this psychological warfare that's being used, psychological operations. So what he does is he gets the thought process going in these individuals, and they then think it's their idea, and they don't want to hear about the devil because the devil is bad, bad, bad. But the thing of it is that the devil is real, real, real. Christ Jesus warned us of the devil. Peter warned us of the devil. Paul warned us of the devil that he's real. He is like a lion that, that seeks for whom he can devour. Christ called them ravening wolves, he and his demons. Brothers and sisters, the devil is real. The devil plays with your mind and he doesn't want you to hear the warnings that include him. And those individuals that don't want to hear it are sharing that deception. As it was with both the sects, the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin, being drawn to only particular scrolls, and that you have the Pharisees that claim to have read, they go back into the scrolls of Moses and the writings of Moses, and they claim to, but they're not seeking that for any real knowledge. The reason they do that or claim it is because they're just looking for fuel for argumentation. They're not looking for any real knowledge or truth. But just remember, these attacks that come from Satan are real. He is real today as he was back then. And when he tried to tempt Christ, when Christ was fasting for 40 days. And you see what a coward he is? Christ had been fasting for 40 days already. Now, you have to remember that Christ was a man he came to this plane of existence, was fully a man. So you have to understand that he was in a weakened state. And the coward that Satan is, wanted to confront him when he was absolutely weak after 40 days of fasting. Then he came, except what he didn't count on, the fool that he is, is the authority that Christ is, and he didn't trust his minions to come. He said, I'll go handle him on my own. He's, he's too important. But he was not realizing the full authority that Christ had. And when Christ pulled Rema and was able to parry those thrusts and the attacks from Satan, and after the third try, Satan took off. Said, oh, can't handle this. 
I got to go. And he did. He ran away. Because of the authority and the truth and the power that comes from Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you this right now. Those that speak with discerning truth, pay attention. Pay attention. Try the Spirit. And here's the thing about discernment. It's a gift that God will give you. All you have to do is ask for it. You have not because you ask not. If you ask, you will share it. But you have to do so with a righteous heart in truth and spirit that this is something that you want to be able to have so that you can see these things or simply pray the guidance of the Holy Spirit to help you. But either way, it will be done. And you must believe that it is something that is happening today. And it is real. And we are told that it is real. Christ Jesus told us that it's real. So why are you going to have individuals that are going to declare it not to be so? And they're going to be telling you that it's not true when it fully well is true. They're telling you it's not true because they don't want you to pay attention. And don't forget that those individuals are practicing Phariseeism, and they're practicing exactly what they have been shown, and that's what they're doing. And in practicing Phariseeism, it's the belief and observant of external forms of religion without genuine belief. Hypocrites. Period. Exclamation point. No further questions, because that's exactly what it is. They're practicing Phariseeism, and they're following all those things that are external, and they're not being of a like mind, like body, and they're not lifting up. They're trying to separate. So if you have somebody that is speaking truth, but they're trying to get the rest of the body not to hear it or not to listen to it. That's just exactly what was happening in the church in Corinth and in Ephesus. And it's happened in many churches. It causes them to, to split. And I had one of my mentors was sharing this the other day where they had an opportunity to be able to expand their church and their grounds because of something they had found. There were two churches of the same denomination and they were going to come together and build this great big old church. Really nice facility. But then there was a rift and the rift came and they split. So they didn't keep it. They didn't finish it. Their property and all was repossessed and been sitting on the market. Never used big, beautiful church and never touched because they had this rift. This derisive spirit came into the church and split it. It does happen and it's a danger. And it's as real today as it was in the church at Ephesus and Corinth. Christ teaches about that and he teaches us to beware of the leaven. And we can find that in Matthew 16, 9. I'll jump over there. I got a marker in there. Hang on. I got a marker in the page. And as he's explaining, 
the disciples are confused. I'm going to begin up here in, uh, I'm going to begin in verse five, actually. And this is, this is what the disciples had their minds wrapped around. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Remember, bread back then was a, was a mainstay. Bread with everything. Then just Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned amongst themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? Because ye have brought no bread. Do ye not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many baskets ye took up? How is it that ye do not understand that I spake not to you concerning bread, that ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Then understood they that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread out of the doctrine of the Pharisees out of the, and of the Sadducees. When Jesus came into the coast, a sister of Philippi and asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I am, son of man, son of man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, Jeremiah, or of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. So this is all connected. Why did I run it together like that? Well, because Christ is warning us of the hypocrisy that happens within the body of the religious leaders, which is what the Pharisees and Sadducees are supposed to be in leading others, but yet they do not. It is their hypocrisy because they keep teaching, you do what we tell you to do and not what we do. Don't pay attention to how we act. You just pay attention to what we tell you to, and that's all you need to worry about. Well, that's not what it's all about. Not what it's all about. And we also find in Matthew 23, 27 28. And actually, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to back up. <laughs> I'm going to go to uh, verse 23. I'm sorry, I get a little chuckle when I hear how Christ talks to them, or when I read about Christ talking to them. But you see, I have my spiritual hearing tuned in, so I'm listening and I'm hearing also how he talks. So woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye have done, and not leave the other undone. Yet blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye may clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess." 
the blind Pharisees cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, and the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, ye hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanliness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. That's that I shared with you before called whitewashing. And there are those who are in the body of the church today who are the very same way. They are concerned about what they appear to be on the outside, but within within their inside, they are nothing but hypocrites and liars. There is no truth in them. And they will try to dissuade anyone from hearing anything about the devil. And their claim would be that that is worshiping the devil. No, it's not. It's warning others of the enemy because the enemy is real. It is true. We are told throughout the Bible and in many places we are told and warned that the spiritual warfare for our very soul is real. It is truth and it is happening around us all the time. And what's happening on the spiritual plane of existence that we don't see and take part in because it would frighten us, literally some of us, it would frighten us right into that deep sleep. We would leave this plane of existence because our heart would stop. It's frightening that you have demons in open warfare with angels. And remember when Daniel was waiting and had been praying and Gabriel finally showed up? What did Gabriel tell Daniel? He said, he said, Daniel, I was on my way. From the very first words that you spoke, God told me to come to you. I came to you. And as he is called in the Bible, and this has nothing to do with the actual country, but it is one of the principalities that is the... Uh, is a demon, the Prince of Persia. I've shared this with you before. And it's actually, hmm, need to be very cautious with what's going on around us today. Daniel was, was wrestling and fighting against this demon. A powerful demon which had once been an angel. Remember that the demons that are with Satan, they used to be angels. You have to understand that it's not like in some of these uh, uh, books that you read and and, uh, in the Hobbit where elves were turned into orcs, um, you know, because they were kidnapped and tortured and then they were made into orcs. Well, didn't quite like that. These angels that used to be in heaven were cast out with him because they wanted to do what Satan wanted to do. And that was to be as God. Well, that didn't happen. And as Christ tells us in the book of Luke, I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. And as he also reminds us that Satan was from the beginning and from the beginning he was a liar and a murderer. Well, these demons are of that same ilk. They're just the way he is. And some of them are are pretty powerful. 
back to point. Gabriel fought him. Michael came to help Gabriel, which released him so that he could get to Daniel and deliver the message from God because that's what he was carrying. He was dispatched from God and it was important that he reach Daniel. And he did. And I'm telling you these things and I'm sharing this with you that there are those that are within the church and they will only read certain books of the Bible. They will only speak about certain parts of the Bible because everything else is all about, it points to the truth and warns against, it warns against the enemy, Satan, it gives us warning and gives us attention to that. And they don't, he doesn't want us to hear that. So he has them to speak against it. And you think, oh, oh gosh, they go to church. They, they must know something. Well, no, what they know is deception and lies and what they think that they understand. And that there's no reason to hear about that because the Bible, but they're not reading the books of the Bible that pertain to any of that. They only want to read certain books of the Bible. Well, I wonder how much the book of Matthew that they taught, read, which is the book of Matthew. Matthew Matthew walked with Christ. I mean, he was stuck. In, it, was, it was as if he had Velcro. He followed Christ around and he took his notebook and he was forever writing everything down that Christ said. Some others didn't like it. Peter used to poke at him. But the thing of it is that Matthew from the onset was with Christ and wrote down and was interested in everything he had to say. Christ recognized this and he utilized Matthew. And I bring that up because in the book of Matthew, if you go to Matthew 24, Christ is talking about prophetic word. He's telling us that so it will be as it was in the days of Noah before the return of the Son of Man. What is Christ talking about? First of all, Christ is talking about himself. He is the Son of Man. The only begotten Son of God. And he is called the Son of Man because he comes from the seed of David. Remember, he comes from humble beginnings. And we got Ruth and Boaz and all the way down and Obed and Jared and so forth and down through the line. And then you have Jesse, and which is David. And then you come all the way down, <coughs> pardon me. And this is the lineage that Christ comes from and was come to this for a purpose. There is a reason for this, this humbleness so that there would be a real tie of us and Christ that we would be able to understand and be able to grasp those things he shared with us because he was of this plane of existence while he was here. Remember, Christ came as the only begotten Son of God, but was fully a man. He was tempted. He got hungry. I'm certain that he probably stubbed his toe more than one time. 
And when he was out helping people that he might have smacked his thumb with a mallet. There's, I, I believe, I perceive that there's a lot of misconception about Christ when he walked on this earth that, that nothing ever happened. Well, everything happened. He came and he was a man. And Christ talks about the Son of Man before he comes back, that it will be as it was in the days of Noah. What happened in the days of Noah? I've shared this with you before. For 120 years, Noah built the ark as he was instructed from God to do. During that 120 years of building the ark, he also preached redemption, repentance, and nobody paid attention. They only made fun of him. They spread their little blankets out there and they had a picnic while they made fun of the old guy up on the scaffold preaching. They made fun of him. Oh, that fun lasted only until the rains came down and the floods came up. And then when the water got up to the bottom of their chinny chin chin or even up to the bottom of their nose, depending on how tall or short they were, and God had sealed Noah in the ark because he had taken his family and all the animals in the ark as he was instructed to do by God. And then God placed his hand on that hatch and sealed it. There was no opening that. And then the ark was lifted by the rains and the floods because it came down from above and up from below. The groundwater they had no concept of. They just made fun of the old guy building the big boat out here where there's no lake streams or ponds. Well, the only thing of it is that there was a lot of water. They just didn't know it. So when it was too late, then they came and tried to make good for repentance. But remember this, that Christ tells us, so it shall be as it was in the days of Noah before the return of the Son of Man. So do you make fun of those that are preaching the truth? Do you make fun of those that are speaking to you about the enemy and trying to warn you about the devil? Or do you believe those who are whitewashing and making themselves appear to be what they are not? It is real and they do exist within the body of the church. The gift of discernment may be given if asked in truth and righteousness of spirit. And the Bible also says this, ye have not because ye ask not. If you ask God and you have truth and spirit and righteousness and you really want to be able to see these things and understand, just be warned that when you pray for certain things that you have to be prepared. You have to prepare yourself and understand. I've, I've tried to share this with you before. It's not a bad thing, but when I, because of this discernment that, that God has allowed me to have, it also, it also brings pain to my heart, but not pain that is harmful or bad in any way. It just makes my heart heavy, and I really pray about things that I see and feel and understand. And that means that even those that are speaking against these truths that I share and I see with this discerning eye that my God has given to me, 
pray, 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 pray. I cannot judge them and I will not judge them because that's not my authority. And when I come near to individuals and I have individuals on, on what I've called my prayer shelf because individuals have been put on that. And it hurts my heart because I can feel and see things that are going on with them that they really need prayer for, especially at times with my pastor. And I've shared this with you because he's got such a compassionate heart. And when I come near and I see these and feel these things because of what uh, that is that God's given me. But it's, it's a good thing. It's a blessed thing because it draws me into that, what I should be doing all the time anyway. We all should be doing that. So brothers and sisters, ask God and he will give that. But here's the other important thing too. If you have a brother or sister that has this and they're sharing truth with you, listen to what they're saying. Pay attention to what they're saying. Try the spirit and then go to the word of God. Seek the truth and knowledge and wisdom that God has placed there for you to find. Seek his face. And seek his confirmation because the Holy Spirit will tell you that these individuals are telling you the truth. If they are righteous and they're sharing it in truth and righteousness, the Spirit will confirm what they're telling you. All you have to do is understand that. So I'm going to share something here with you because this is talking about the hypocrisy that is found within the body of the church. And this is going back to the book of Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel... Now you go, this is right after, um, we're talking, let's see, this is in the book of the prophets. We have um, the book of Lamentation, Jeremiah. We're back up here and Ezekiel is before Daniel, pardon me, in the books of the Bible. And Daniel um, was written, this was during the time that they were captive from Babylon, Israel, and all this. And this was that sort of that in-between time. Israel was not doing really good. They were in their rebellious state of mind, as they were, seemed to be quite a lot. This was when they were shaking their fists and griping at God uh, point in time. But anyway, this was uh, a little over 700 years before the coming of Christ. I'm talking about these things that were done. I'm going to share with you from Ezekiel uh, 22, and I'm going to start in verse 22. As silver is melted in the midst of the furnace, so shall ye be melted in the midst thereof, and ye shall know that I, the Lord, have poured out my fury upon you. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey, and they have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Now understand this is Ezekiel is giving prophetic word to the nation of Israel and talking about their churches and what they're, what they're supposed to believe and that they don't. Further in verse 26, her priests have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. They have put into difference between the holy and profane. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. Does that not sound like what Jesus was telling the Pharisees about the, the cups and the plates 
and the whitewashing of the sepulchers. They're concerned only with what's on the outside and not by what's on the inside. Now, this is, this is Ezekiel chapter 22, and I just read 22, 26. This is some 700 years, 800 years before the birth of Christ. And he's talking about the same thing. Further in verse 27, her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves, ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls, to get dishonest gains. And her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, whitewashing, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken, the people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land. And I should not destroy it, but I found none. He just wanted somebody to stand up and speak the truth. Verse 31, therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Brothers and sisters, they turned their back on God. They didn't want to hear what God had to say. They didn't want to hear his teachings. They didn't want to hear his truth. So they turned their back. They shook their fists. And the nation had problems. Why do you think that Babylon came and took captive the nation of Israel for 70 years? This was during the time that David, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, all Jewish young men, and they went into captivity, but because of their honoring God, God honored them, and they were actually elevated to positions. Remember that um, there was a song that was written many years ago, I remember as I was a child, and um, I'm gonna tell you right now, uh, now knowing what I know, if I had known it then, I might've gotten in trouble because as a kid, I would have probably said something um, that would have maybe not been appropriate, but here's the thing. The song Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego those were Babylonian names of false deities and false gods that were given to those three Hebrew young men. And they didn't respond to them. The scripture says they didn't, when they were called by those names, they didn't even respond as if no one was talking to them. Their name was, their names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Anzariah. Those are their Hebrew names. Daniel, they tried to rename him Balthashazar which was a name of a Babylonian false deity. He didn't respond to it. He kept his name Daniel. And they prayed and they worshiped God as they were supposed to. God honored them. So Ezekiel is some 700 years before the birth of Christ, but is speaking 
the same word that Jesus was teaching about the washing, the hypocrisy. And Ezekiel is talking about that hypocrisy within the body of the religious leaders within the church. And this is what Christ is talking about. Those who are supposed to be leading the people in their religious piety, but they're too full of hypocrisy. And they're telling the people, don't don't do what we're doing. You just do what we tell you to do. And most everything, and this was some of the confrontation that Christ had, or, well, I hate to use that word, but this is some of the contention that came up between the Pharisees and Christ because they were not exercising anything that the scroll said. The scrolls didn't teach most of what they came out and confronted Christ with. It was only what they had decided was the law or what they had deemed was what was important because it was what they were doing or how they practiced. But yet they didn't practice that. And Jesus had pointed this out to them. Wait a minute, you're telling me that I can't do this on the Sabbath day, but yet on the Sabbath day, you do this and this and this and this. Well, that's different. And they didn't understand. Brothers and sisters, the reality is that the spiritual warfare is out there. The truth is out there. Oh, goodness, that's like the X-Files. Sorry. Another illusion to, uh, alluding to one of my favorite shows, actually, back years ago. But the truth is out there, brothers and sisters. You simply need to seek that truth. And where do you find that truth? You find it in the word of God. Seek his truth. Seek his knowledge. Seek his wisdom. And he will share it with you. Seek his face. And he will show himself to you. But also understand and know this, that I share these things with you because it is a truth. And it is very much real. It is very much happening. And these hypocrites are out there and they are within the body of the church and they're trying to get you to not listen to the warnings that are given about Satan because they are maybe not so openly or willfully. They just don't understand. But he's taking advantage of that. He's taking advantage of the weakness of their minds. And remember, I've shared this with you. It doesn't matter what you think your intellectual prowess is. The weakest point of attack is your mind. And we are warned about that. We're told about that. And why do you think that it's so important and we're told to make sure that we have on the helmet of salvation? <clears throat> Pardon me. And that God made us a, an armor. He made us this armor. Breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation. Shield of faith. Sword of truth. Make sure that your feet are shod because when you get out to <clears throat> prepare and share the gospel, you have to be prepared to do so. And in that preparation, that means that you're reading the word. You're paying attention to the word. You're seeking truth. Brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers, my going out, my coming in daily. And what I share with you is truth, only truth. Be blessed.